The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Amazing things for me. And I can't tell it all. The songwriter says he's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Receive all my thanks. I don't know about you, but God has done amazing things for me. Let's just sing that song together. You've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. If I had ten thousand tongues, it still would be enough. Receive all my praise. Oh, to Jehovah, for he has done so very much for me. What shall I Father, we thank you. Words alone is not enough to express the depths of our appreciation. It can never be enough. It can never be enough. It will never be enough. All of eternity, we owe you our gratitude. We owe you our thanks. We owe you our appreciation. You are the most blessed. You are the most glorious. You are the ancient of days. You are the almighty. You are victorious. Your great name we praise. Your great name we praise. Your great name we praise. What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is throne of grace that you show not so much mercy, so much kindness, so much favor? Thank you. Oh, yeah. 
Father, we thank you. Father, we're thankful. We're forever grateful. Forever grateful. Forever grateful. Forever grateful. Lord, we return all the thanks to you. And all the praise. And all the worship. Out of eternal grace, we say thank you. From the depths of our hearts, we say thank you. The kindnesses you've done and shown us. How can we thank you enough? We pledge, and I pledge on the behalf of everyone in throne of grace, we will serve you forever. We will love you forever. Because you deserve enough it. You deserve enough it. You deserve enough it. Take all the praise and take all the glory. May your great name be praised and glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. If you're happier in the house, God has done amazing things for you. I'd like you to shout a big hallelujah. Shout a big hallelujah. I'd like you to smile to somebody. If you can smile under your mask. And just welcome somebody warmly. Just tell them you're welcome in Jesus' name. This month of February, God will show you good mercies. In the mighty name of Jesus. Fragrance of light, the Lord bless you. You are going to the nations. The world will hear your voice. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know. Um, please. Pardon me. I'm a bit overwhelmed this morning. This week has been a little bit phenomenal, very phenomenal because it's just been one good news to the other, to the other, to the other, and it's been a bit overwhelming for me, and the reason why it's overwhelming, you know, when God does, does certain things for you that is overwhelming, the good news that I, one of the good news that I had this morning is one of my brother, family, friend, in Trinidad Grace, who have been believing God for something for five years. And it looked at some point as though this was impossible. I just got the good news this morning. I didn't know when I bought us, I was starting to cry. So pardon me if I'm a little bit emotional. But God will do something for you that will bring out tears of joy. Amen. Before the end of this week, God will do something for you that will bring forth tears of joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you. 
we thank you. We thank you. Let's look into the word briefly and then we'll do some worship. And um, First Thessalonians chapter 5. How many people like the LED wall? <laughs> you know, they said, they say that there's a, uh, there's a difference and then there's a difference. Uh, my people say that, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to you translate it in English, you know, but they say when you have a sweet soup, uh-huh, something uh, went into the soup. You know, something went in there. But, but we're grateful to God because the kindness of God over throne of grace is what God does this. It's the kindness of throne of God over throne of grace. The kindness of God. We're grateful. We're grateful. Father, we thank you. We ask that God in heaven as we look into your word, your word will transform and do us good. Your word will challenge your word will prosper in our hearts. Your word will make a difference in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Also, New Film Center is 70% ready. Uh, yeah, 70% ready. Um, after service by the special grace of God, the parents, I would like you to just quickly do a quick detour to pick up your, parent, your children there. So that at least you can see where your children are worshiping. But you see, we're not fully there yet because there's supposed to be a games room and then there's supposed to be a couple of other things that we're going to be adding in there so that by the time your children get in there, they don't want to go home again. <laughs> they want to dwell in their father's house forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And it's just a walking, you just, you just walk across uh, the alley here and then you just get into Unit 13. And that is where um, the new film center is. And I'd like to thank everyone who has contributed immensely. I'd like to thank everyone who have given, you know, to make this happen. I'd like, also like to thank all the members of the tech team, the choir, um, the media team, the Kijide and his crew who made this place happen, and the sanitation team. This place was a mess yesterday. I said yesterday it was really upside down. Everywhere were upside down. Some of you were sleeping in the house, but people were walking away. I'd like to thank everyone who made it happen. The Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. And I'm going to be speaking very briefly this morning. I think I have just a short time to speak because I want us to spend some time to worship. That is the essence. And I'm going to be reading from, I think is the NLT, can't remember that is the NLT now. But it says, be cheerful no matter what. Some translation says rejoice always. But it says be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. 
This is the way God wants you to live. He wants you to live praying always, thankful always, rejoicing always, irrespective of what comes. This morning, by the special grace of God, we are looking into the subject prayer, a way of life. Prayer, a way of life. A couple of times, many of us think that prayer is just only a time to bring our petitions and our needs to God. So, so we come to God only when we need to present a case to him. When we want to talk, tell him about our expectations, when we want to tell him about our, the things that we're looking for. But, but you see, friends, prayer is much more than that. Much more. Much more. And for every believer, prayer should be a way of life. That is how God wants you to live. And that is simply because prayer is a communication between God and his sons and his daughters. Prayer is an opportunity for you to step into the presence of God and have him speak to you and you also do what speak to him. And I believe that the greatest privilege of a lifetime of our lives is ability to talk to God. It's the greatest privilege of a lifetime. The greatest privilege. Your ability to talk to the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one that created the heavens and the earth. is the greatest privilege. You, you don't need any protocol to talk to God. I was at some point wanting to you know, speak to a very important government personality. And I wrote them and I said I wanted to get some appointments. And, and they said to me that, look, hey, I've, 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 I've got to wait in queue for a long time. A long time. There, there, are some, there are some guest ministers you want to invite. And they said to you that, look, hey, the calendar is booked for the next one year. There are some people in your life who you want to probably make a time to see. And, and they said to you, look, hey, you, you got to fill some form before you can get to see them. But aren't you glad that the king of kings and the lord of lords does not have protocols by which you can see him? Can you imagine if God had protocols? All of us would be dead. <laughs> you know, I went for an event some years back. And there is this woman who was crying and begging to see the man of God. She was crying, virtually crying with tears and rolling on the floor. Please let me see him. 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 But somehow, she couldn't see him. And for a moment, it just got done on me. 
that many of us are depending to see someone for a breakthrough. But thank God that we don't have a God that you need protocol to reach. The Bible says that he, he's open. He says, come boldly to the throne. And he's ever there to listen. And yet he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. The Bible says that nothing was made that was not made by him. Yet he does not need protocols. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people who have protocols. That's not the point I'm emphasizing. The point I'm emphasizing is that it's a great privilege, friends, that you and I can do what? Can have access to this God. Access to this God. But, but wait a minute. Can you just think for a moment? How, how, how is it that this God has bestowed so much privileges to you and I? The Bible says that what is man, Psalms 8 and verse 4. That you are mindful of him. What is man? What am I? That God has bestowed so much glory. Who are you that God has bestowed so much grace? The Bible says that he crowned him you know, with honor, decorated him with glory and magnificence. God made man a ruler in this, in this sphere of the earth that we live in. He's given him so much authority and power. It's a privilege, friends. Absolute privilege. That is why we must not take prayer for granted. And that is why also your prayer life must not be a function of need only. Or expectations only. It must go beyond that. Prayer grants you unlimited access. Grants you unlimited access. Access to realms that you may think are impossible. Access. Access. You know, the day I know the power of access was, you know, so many years ago, you know, I, I, I traveled and I met, I met a friend in, in the plane. And we shared some banters and greetings and all of that and all of that stuff. And they say, where are you going? And we discussed and all that, all of that. And we we're going to Africa together. So when we did the first transit, stopped at the first transiting point, he said to me, What do you want to do now? I said, I'm I just want to, you know, shop around and look around. You know, the, the big boys, they don't they don't do look around or shop around. They just go to some special lounges where they just realize they chill. You know, they, they are treated with some exotic things. But the small boys like us, we just use the opportunity to walk around and then shop around. <laughs> and then but by the time it is time, you carry your load and then you go to the, you know, the gate where you can uh, go. And it's like, why not come with me? Come with me. Let's just go relax a bit. And then after that, you can shop around. I said, okay. Where are we going? He said, we we'll just go to one of the lines. I said, but I don't have access. He said, don't worry, just come with me. And we got there. He tapped his card. And his own, his own ticket allows him to, to take in as many people as uh, So I followed him. By the time I got in there, I said, wow. 
No, there's a difference, and there is a difference between travelers. <laughs> and, and by the time I looked at all the delicacies and everything that was said there, I said, hey, stomach, you must cooperate today. <laughs> but access, access, what granted me that was my relationship with him that gave me that access. And, and friends, when you commune with God in the place of prayer, by reason of your relationship with him, there is unlimited possibilities of access that God grants to you. Why is the owner of the heavens and the earth? The hearts of men are in his hands. The Bible says that like rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he wills. The Bible says he makes, raises up a king and he brings down another. In other words, he opens a door and no man can shut it. He, he shuts one. And then no one can open it. In other words, when God gives you access, everything that is said to be locked in your life opens. Everyone hearing the sound of my voice, everything locked in your life, by reason of access today, may they come open in the mighty name of Jesus. Prayer must be a part of our lives. And there's a part of prayer by the special grace of God, I'll talk about some, parts, some types of prayer in the coming weeks. But it's a type of prayer that I'd like to focus on this morning as we draw this story close. It's a prayer of communion. If prayer must be a part of your life, if, if it must be something you do daily, regularly, a way of life, it must be a prayer of communion. Communion is simply just sharing. It's sharing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, sharing your mind, sharing everything in you with God. That's what communion is. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. And most times, communion is a function of relationship. You know, if, when, when you have somebody that is close to you, and you begin to commune, and you begin to chat, you begin to jeeze, you know, there's, it's, there's an intimacy that is locked in there. And, and friends, God created you and I for what? For fellowship. He created you for fellowship. He, he created me for fellowship. He, he wants to hear you talk to him about anything. And, and at the same time, friends, he, he wants to connect with you in a loving relationship. He wants you to tell him how wonderful he is. Now, if you want a lady's, you know, a lady to begin blushing now, just tell him, oh, you look amazing. And then you just see all the smiles, you know, begin to show up. Now you say, oh, 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 it looks as if, it looks as if, ah, you, you really did a good job to shin up yourself. <laughs> and friends, the Bible tells us that we are created in God's image. Show me a man who does not like praise. No, nope, there's none. There's none. 
So, so when a woman in the house begins to treat the husband like a king, say, oh my God, I just love this woman. He takes good care of me. He sports, she sports me. She makes me the best of the best of the best of the things. Show me a man that takes care of a woman and the woman will feel like a, a queen. And the same thing it is with our God. The Bible says that we are fashioned in his image. In other words, he wants you to come before him and tell him how wonderful he is. You, you step out in the morning and you look up to the stars and you say, oh God, how, how, how great and awesome you are. And he begins to smile. From heaven. He said, oh, how this child cherishes and appreciates me. Communion is having fellowship with God. And, and, and there's an example in scripture I'd like for us to use as a text this morning. A, a man called David. The Bible calls him a man after God's heart. He is the sweet psalmist. Let's call him the sweet psalmist. Most of the things, the poems, the songs, the hymns, the things we read in scripture was a man's love, affection, and expression to God. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23. I shall not want. It was, it was an expression to God. It's an expression to God. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my heart pants for you, dear Lord. It was an expression of his heart feelings. What well, to God, that was communion. It's a type of a prayer that God wants you and I to engage in. So you wake up in the morning and the first thing you're not looking at is that you're not, you're not trying to grab your phone. And then look at how many WhatsApp messages you have missed. And for those of you who belong to, you know, you, you are in Old Boys Association. You are in um, elementary school association. You are in a work association. And then you are in a church association. By the time you open your WhatsApp in the morning, 150 messages. Where are you going to start? But, but trust me, some people will patiently be looking through one of them. There are some that for me, I pulled up myself, they pulled me in, I pulled, I said, okay, that is the case, I silence you. So it goes to act. So for, for instance, who sent me So for, for some of you, for instance, who sometimes send me messages and I don't read it, please don't be offended. The point is that it's sometimes it's so overwhelming. And, and I, need, I need to prioritize my time on the things that are not too overwhelming. So please don't be offended. It's not because I don't like to reply or respond to your message, messages. But when I pick it up, when I have the time to pick it up, time has gone. And I need to focus on the things that I need to focus in. So if, if you want me to read, read your message, send me a text message, not a WhatsApp. And then I know it's serious. Or call me. Thank God that in this environment, they don't do what they call pay me pada. <laughs> in other words, you, you, you don't call somebody, you don't call somebody, and then and say, please, call, call me back, call me back, you know. <laughs> so in the place, most, most phone lines are free, so you can call, just call, that is the easiest way, just call, that is the easiest way. 
But, but this David was a man that was unique. And every time I study him, there's something that comes out that, that makes a world of difference. David was a man that was given to communion. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 18, and, and I like this, this man called David, woke up one day and he just went into the house of the Lord. The Bible says he went into the house of the Lord and he did what? He sat down. There was no praise worship going on. He went and sat down. It, it was not a church service. He went and sat down. Mind you, this was a king in his days with a lot of retinue of activities, with a lot of things to attend to. But what will make this man come to a place where he abandons everything and goes into the house of God and sits down? And he was not going there to come and pray for, oh, please, kill all my enemies. Oh, oh Lord, please, you know, give me more territories. Oh, Lord, please, you know, I need more, 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 more resources. No, he, he went in there and he was communing with God. He was an expression of his love for God. He, he said to God, who am I? What is my father's house that you have brought me this far? Are there people in this house that God has brought very far? There must be something in your heart that worms out from the depths of your being and that brings you into the presence of God. You're not bringing any petition. You're just coming to sit down and say, Lord, I don't know why you've shown me so much love. I don't know why you've shown me so much kindness. I don't know why. He, he was intentional in his praise. And that is because praise and thanksgiving is the highest form of prayer. That's the highest form. Your highest form of prayer is not when you bring a demand and say, Lord, please give me a house. It's not when you ask for healing in your body. It's not when you ask for anything, any benefits of life. The highest form of prayer is your praise ascending from the depths of your life and your heart as an expression of gratitude to God. Intense given. So David was intentional about it. Was intentional. And friend, everyone that must connect with God in prayer must be men and women who make up their mind. I am going to intentionally do what? Connect with God in praise. In communion, in thanksgiving. Why not try singing him a song? Everybody can sing a song, go. Everybody can sing. Because you got a voice. Oh, I may not sing like the Kennedy, but I sure got a voice to worship. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. It didn't say make a sonorous one. It's true. He didn't say so. Oh, it's good if you have a, a good voice. But the God that made the canaries also made the toads that crow. Oh, so, so don't, don't, don't say, oh, if I, if I sing now, they will say, shut up. Sing it, let heaven hear. It's a joyful noise unto God. Bring him, bring him an act of worship. Most of the hymns, most of the poems, most of the psalms that David by inspiration wrote were expressions of love. To God 
Sometimes even when he was in the backside of the desert. When he was going through challenges and pains. Your praise and your thanksgiving is mostly felt when in the depths of your pains, you can lift up a voice and say to God, Lord, I still love you in spite of my pains. Lord, I still love you in spite of my challenges. Lord, I still love you despite that I don't have all my needs met. Lord, I still love you and I bring you glory and I bring you honor. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will do what? There will be a song of praise that will keep arising from the depths of my life in honor of your name. That is a prayer of communion. It's a prayer of communion. Most times the challenge we have today is that we made our prayers only intentional based on needs that we expect from God. Friends, that must shift from today. That must shift. Our worship level must be greater than our demand level. Must be greater than our warfare level. Our praise must be greater. Must be more. Must be more. And that is why if you look at the life of David, the Bible says that at some point, David began to command himself to praise and to bless the Lord. In Psalms 103, verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible says that David said, bless the Lord. There are certain times you don't want to bless God. There are certain times you don't want to praise. But you're going to do what? You're going to command yourself. David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I think our general overseer some talked about this verse once. And, and he said, he was asking, how can somebody bless the Lord and all that is within me? And he said, a young man gave a joke and said that the way that all that is within you can bless the Lord is by you dancing. That you are dancing, everything within, you know, blesses the Lord. But you see, friends, David was specifically speaking and saying and calling out the things that are within which no one can see. And most times it starts with the heart. How will your heart bless the Lord? Or will your heart bless the Lord? You know, nobody can see the heart. Nobody can see it. In your heart, you can be telling God things. Lord, I don't know why you have not done this. So. Lord, you know, I've been pr praying for this for 20 years. And the Lord, I've been waiting for this miracle for a long time. You've done so for, you've done brother so-so-and-so's own. You've done sister so-so-and-so's own. Lord, what did I do now? Your heart must bless, bless him. You must command yourself. In other words, whether the things are right, whether things are good or not good, command yourself. Command yourself, command yourself, command yourself. Command everything that is in you. In other words, when voices begin to speak to you, contrary to expectations, you do what you tell them to shut up. 
Oh, there are certain times voices speak to us. You hear voices. Something tells you, oh, but why are you even thanking this God? You've been, you've been praying all these years. Command it to shut up. God has been doing other people's own. But your own is delayed. Command it to shut up. Because you will still bless the Lord. Irrespective of. In spite of. In spite of. God wants your undivided heart of loyalty in praise. That's what it means. So when you're commanding your heart and everything within you to do what? To bless the Lord. You're saying, I'm going to be undivided. 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 I spoke to a sister some years ago. Let me not go there for the sake of my time. The, the second aspect that is inside of us that can do what, that can praise the Lord is your voice. Your voice. Do you know you can lose your voice? And then you can't say anything. You can't speak. You can't. But here you are, you have voice, you can speak. You can't. The voice is powerful. Because you, with your voice, you can shout. With your voice, you can sing. With your voice, you can do all sorts of things. And that is what the Bible says. It says, shout to God with a voice of triumph. It's a form of praise. It's a form of praise. It's a form of praise. So, so when you're commanding everything within you, you also say to your voice, voice, you've got to praise. Most times... Some people come to church and they don't want to express their voice in praise. So, you know, I like it coolie. I like it quiet. I like it quiet. There's nothing wrong about you liking it quiet. But you see, the Bible also says, shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God has gone up with a shout. Some people will be shocked when they get to heaven with the level of shouting that goes on there. Very shocked. So, friends, our voice must bring acts of worship and thanks and praise. I think Psalms 100 and verse 1, it says, lift up a great shout of joy. He said to God, he said, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and give him praise because God deserves it. Have you seen any wind inside that is quiet? I've not seen any. Not seen any. You know, the year that Raptors won the NBA. That's when I knew, I came to realize that we had, we had both silent fans and open fans. And for once, everybody in my house, go on Raptors, go on Raptors. Everybody was shouting, you know. <laughs> but friends, our voice must praise him. Our voice must praise him. i just quickly draw this to a close. Not only should our voice praise him, friends. David goes back in verse 2 and he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And I think I'm going to close here for the sake of my time. Say, and forget not all his benefits. One of the greatest dangers of a natural mind is that we're very forgetful people. Especially when it comes to the good things that God has done. Ask somebody now, um, 
Have you ever seen, have you ever seen somebody who, for instance, uh, wakes up one day and say, ah, I just, uh, seven years ago, you know, uh, God did this amazing thing for me. He just blessed me and he just began to dance. It was, uh, is it not seven years ago? Why are you dancing now? Seven years ago. But sometimes you see people who lost somebody seven years ago and they're crying now. And then we think it's normal. When God does good things for us, many of us are very forgetful. So, you know, David started saying, says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do what? Forget not all his benefits, his benefits, his benefits. There are so many benefits that God has done for us that we must never forget. There are so many. There are so many. And God wants you to remember them and give him thanks. God wants you to remember them and give him thanks. Which means that not giving him thanks for the benefits he's done for you is not right. Even if it is little. Many of us, for instance, woke up this morning and we had breath in our nostrils. Sometimes we think, oh, this is common. This is normal. It just... But you know there are some people who have to buy oxygen? The people who buy oxygen, costly. For one of my bosom friends... Died for lack of oxygen two years ago. Is it two years ago now? Last year. Last year. Last year, January. Before they could run around to buy oxygen. So not thanking him. But see, the, the, the dimension is that not, not only not thanking him, but there must be a proportionate level of thanks that's acceptable to God. When I, when I read the story of Hezekiah, every now and then, I, I, I said to God, please help me to give you proportionate thanks and praise. Your thanks must be proportionate to the blessings and the magnitude of what God has done for you to be acceptable. Otherwise, God says, you are proud. Second Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 35. The Bible says of Hezekiah that he did not respond, the NLT version, appropriately to the kindness shown him. He did not respond appropriately. That means that God was expecting some level of appropriateness in his response. Maybe, maybe he just he was just healed and he just, he just said one of those things and he moved on. God gave you a job, one of those things, and you move on. He gave you something you'll be believing for, one of those things, and you move on. And that's why you've got to ask and find out what is appropriate. How do you respond in thanks? And one of the ways to respond, friends, in thanks is that you must make up your mind. Your thanksgiving must be continual. Must be continual. You must keep recounting it. You must keep giving him the praise and the glory and the honor that is due him. You must always remember. Bring him thanks. Bring him worship. Most times, the challenge that people have is that we lose sight of what God has done because we're comparing ourselves with others. And praise. 
I've seen people before who come to church and they're not worshiping, they're not giving thanks. And you ask them, oh, why were you behaving like that in church? They say, ah, that person was not leading me into the presence of God. Huh? Somebody leading you? How will you be waiting for somebody to lead you? Don't you know what God has done for you? Or what God has done for you is different from what God has done for any other person. If the song is not moving you, change the song and move yourself. Oh, yeah, oh, a couple of times I change, I sing my own song. I sing song which that will move me. If choir is not moving, I move. But thank God for choir because choir moves. But, but the point I'm making, friends, is, is, is that, hey, your, your response of your affection to God must not be based on someone. Oh, I'm not thankful because my spouse is, is doing me this, my spouse is that. What, what has your spouse got to do with the things that God has done for you? What has your workplace, what has your community, the things you have or the things you do not have, what goes on in the life of someone or does not go on, how does it affect what God has done for you? Let your praise, let your thanks, let your appreciation, friends, be a lifetime issue. Are there people in the house who want to say, Lord, the rest of my life, I want to worship you forever. The rest of my life, I want to commit to praising you. The rest of my life, I want to respond appropriately. You've done so much for me. The rest of my life, I want to give you the glory that is due you. I'd like you to stand to your feet. I'd like us to worship God a bit. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.